Well, hi there, everybody, and welcome on in. This is Three Guys Before the Game, episode number 325. Title of the show is Mountaineers Sack Cyclones. West Virginia victorious back on Saturday against Iowa State. We're going to pull it apart. Kind of like you get one of them roasted chickens. You know, they're literally moist. They cook them really well there, and then they just start pulling the pieces off. We're going to pull the pieces off first, take those take those legs. They come right off. You can give them a little turn once in a while. You need to get a turn, get it out of that joint. <laughs> then you take the wing, snap, snap. That's what we're going to do. And uh, pull it apart tells me you have a lot of experience at yeah. pulling apart chickens. Did, did two of them yesterday, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Three guys before the game brought You ate two chickens yesterday? No. Made them for soup. Made wedding soup. Put two chickens in. Yeah, really good. Three guys before the game is brought to us by the West Virginia Poultry Council. No, I just made that up. Presented by the (laughs) Caesars Sportsbook. Download and get started with a risk-free bet of up to $5,000 in free bets. By Comax Business Systems, your full-service Konica Minolta dealer. Go to Comax Business Systems, ComaxWV.com. By West Virginia Game Changers, supporting and encouraging young people here in West Virginia to build healthy, addiction-free lives. And you can help West Virginia families and children become a game changer. Go to wvgamechanger.com. And by Burdett Camping Center, the only warranty forever RV dealer in all of West Virginia. Visit them at burdettcamping.com. You buy the RV from them, and then the warranty lasts forever as long as you own it. They had a contest on Saturday as part of this podcast. And the question was, you text us, who would be the first player to score in the second half of Saturday's game from either team? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, reporting in, all precincts have reported, (laughs) no winner. (laughs) We, We have no winner because no one thought a linebacker from Iowa State would return an interception for a touchdown. No one had Jake Hummel. Hello. <laughs> Not even their most well-known no. linebacker, no. even if you had got to the linebacker. Yeah. No. So here's what we're going to do. I talked with Phil over at Burdett Camp. I said, Phil, uh, great promotion. I mean, we had, in all seriousness, we had tremendous participation. Our text line blowed up from 3.40 p.m. until like 4.01 p.m. when the second half began. That's all you had. You had that window. And, I mean, participation was not the uh, was not the problem. It was just that no one would have thought the linebacker from Iowa State was going to score. I did have an encounter late Friday night after the Mountaineer basketball game where one of these younger people came up to me and said, listen, the podcast, and he played for me. And I didn't even remember saying this at the end of the podcast. He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm this guy where I said, we don't need any goofy, blank computer nerds out there creating a bot that puts every player's name down. And he said, that's exactly what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> he said, that's exactly what I was going to do. Just sit there and hit the bot and have them put every name of every player on both teams and send them automatically. So got him out of the uh, mix. Anyway, so Phil said this: the winner was going to get $250 in sandwiches and meats at the Village Butcher here in Star City. And so we're going to do it again this week. But we're going to try to narrow the field to make it easier. And it's only going to be who's the first West Virginia player. 
that scores this coming week. That's what we're going to do. Now, just points, not a touchdown. Anyway, a safety, a field goal, um, a drop kick, or a touchdown. Can I pick Josh Chandler Samito? You could. Call in at halftime. Pick off a pass and run yeah, back. Yeah, call in at halftime. I will tell you this. There was tremendous push for both kickers, Mevis for Iowa State and Casey Legg for West Virginia. A ton of people had him. And there was one player that did pick a defensive player. Someone had Jackie Matthews on a pick six. They just didn't have – it was a pick six. So, anyway, that's what we're doing for our folks at Burdett Camping Center. And the winner is going to get 250 in uh, product from the Village Butcher. And we'll talk more about that when we do – Thursday's show. Well, let's jump in here. West Virginia has now turned it around to the point where they have won a couple in a row. 38-31 was the final on Saturday. And I'll begin it with this preface as we have kind of gone through a season in which we've had some low points. I say this when things are low. It's never as good as you think and it's never as bad as you think. And I'll say it again. It's never as good as you think, and it's never as bad as you think, but it is fantastic to be having this conversation and to see what I think we could say a resurgent Mountaineer team um, showing us life and showing us the ability to compete, and I think this game, as time goes on, we'll look back at this one for a long, long time, and it may become bigger as time does go on. Two, a little over two weeks ago, this it looked i know what you just said tony but all it also looked very 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 grim and you could not pick west virginia you could not even imagine how west virginia would be favored or win any of the remaining games maybe not even kansas and then they do first they get a conference win on the road which neil brown had not done and play well against TCU. And then they do something else that Neil Brown had not been able to do, that is beat a team that they weren't supposed to beat in Iowa State. And not only beat them, I mean, it wasn't a fluky win. I mean, they they outplayed a, a team that going into this game you thought was better in multiple respects. And really on paper certainly was. West Virginia outplayed them offensively and defensively and special teams. So a remarkable, this has been the two most remarkable weeks of the Neil Brown era so far, these last two weeks. Senator was flabbergasted Saturday. Excuse me? Flabbergasted with the performance. I, I, I'll go further, Hoppy. I, I, was, I thought Iowa State's the best team in the league at this point. I thought that's a team that, that had the, the real potential and maybe the favorite to win a Big 12 championship. What they had done to West Virginia the last three years, WVU had been non-competitive in those games, had absolutely been big boyed, had been flummoxed, had no answers for anything Iowa State was doing. And yet on Saturday, Hoppy, I think that was not a fluky win. No. West Virginia just went toe to toe. And and that offensive performance was just simply fantastic. And we'll get into some of that. But everything from play calling to flow to offensive performance from multiple guys at all the different position groups, just simply tremendous. What a great effort. Overcoming adversity the last two weeks, I think, is is the major theme in this. Not just on a macro level for what was going on with that program, where it was heading into TCU, but then the little points of adversity that popped up during those games, and West Virginia's answered every one of those for two weeks. Just, I think, a remarkable turnaround, turnaround from where this team was and what it looked like against Baylor to what it looked like on Saturday. Kudos to everybody over there. Tremendous effort. 
we often ask this season, building up to these last two games, okay, what is the character of this team? What's the calling card of this team? Who, who are the leaders of this team? It was non-existent, right? And now I do think that we're starting to see a characteristic. You know, the characteristic in development is that this team will stand up when they get hit in the face and they will come back. We saw it against TCU on the opening kickoff return. They came right back down. Uh, we saw it multiple times on Saturday in that that game at times looked like a basketball score. We had lead changes and ties back and forth, back and forth. And so I think that speaks volumes to internally a mental toughness that you're trying to develop in your program. And then I think every time you're able to do that and respond, subconsciously it builds within a team and within a program that that's who it is that we are. And I think this is something that Neil has been trying to build since he got here, that toughness. And it's now starting to trickle out. And that's a, that's a good thing to have. And you, There's... Many times we've said after games, you go, Who, who's going to step up? Who's going to be a guy? And after this game, you could name, you know, double figures of guys mm -hmm. who made plays. But start with the, I think you start with the offensive line, which was much criticized uh, justifiably in the early going. The offensive line was outstanding in this game. I'm sure Brad has grades he'll give us on that. I mean, really exceptional. And Josh Deggie, um, uh, Jared Deggie, passed 48 times and was sacked zero times. Sacked, now think about that for a second. Not sacked once? Right. He had time, and I know that lots of times uh, Iowa State was, drop, was dropping eight, but, but still, Deggie had time. He found receivers, but that started with the job the offensive line was doing, not only in protecting Deggie, but also opening up holes for the run. Yeah, there, there's no doubt how that's exactly where it started. And, and two weeks ago against TCU, you really saw that. And that, I, to me, that was a surprising performance. But then as you watch that game go on, that wasn't fluky either. You were just better up front than TCU was. And TCU's a mess, continues to be a mess, and is making a coaching change now. So you could kind of understand that a little bit. This Iowa State team is the opposite of a mess. I mean, we talked all week about you had to figure out what they were doing first before you could even execute. Neither were issues. West Virginia just took that defensive line, said, oh, you, uh, you, you want to fix out? You want to try and fix out here? We're just going to run right at you. And then we're going to protect. And, and then, guys, you're right, Hoppy. I mean, time to throw. Deggy put some absolute throws on the money. Couldn't yep. have thrown it better if there was no coverage. And then guys hung on to it. I mean, Bryce Ford Wheaton, the, the one in the, the push car end of the stadium – into double coverage. I mean, you couldn't have, Deggie couldn't have walked down there and placed the ball. He couldn't have handed it off in a better spot than what he put it, but that was still a tough catch. He had guys draped on him. The other one was just simply stupid. The one yeah. where Bryce Ward yeah. is going yeah. out of bounds, catches it with the point of the football and has the presence of mind to get a foot down. That's stupid. That's one of the best catches you've seen in the history of that stadium. Mm -hmm. So you're going to block, you're going to make good throws, and then you're going to have guys make all-time great catches? Well, yeah, yeah, you're going to roll, and that's what that team did Saturday. The offense, I, I cannot say enough about that offensive performance. Yep. Among that double-digit list of folks that you want to give a pat on the back to, here's a couple of ones that probably won't get first tap, but they deserve it. T.J. Banks Absolutely. filling in for the injured Michael Laughlin had not caught a ball yet this year and made his catches count. How about, and we'll talk to him because I know you're going to get into the grades here in a second, Zach Frazier may have saved the game. Fumble recovery, right? And he dove yeah. right in there quickly. Yeah. 
Well, wrestler. He was a wrestler. Yeah, he went right to the mat. He went right to the mat on it. He went to the mat. Recognized it, got there in a hurry. Thought he was still polar bears. You know, referee had one green sweatband on, one red sweatband on. He just thought, I'm going down there. I'm going to go get it a little bit. If you don't and they get it there, could have a situation. Could have a situation. So there's a gazillion things you can pull apart uh, on this game. Uh, officiating. I think we had the longest review unofficially. <sighs> In Stadii history, that thing was five minutes, like 440, five minutes. Really, I, I got concerned. Yeah, because when the longer they go, the more that goes against you. They were looking, watching time, where's the ball spot, all that stuff, and it just wasn't. So I got our buddy, Tony Tarantini, who's an ACC official, lives here in Morgantown. I had a call into him because I wanted to ask him, in that particular sequence, they never signaled touchdown, Right. One, well, one official did. Oh, they did have. Yes. Yeah, that's why Matt Campbell lost his ever loving mind. The one I did came not in see was one call. a touchdown, then put it down. Oh, okay, oh. we got something different. It, see, yeah. here's the thing. That to me, in, until I hear differently, here's what I saw on that. That to me, whatever was going to be called on the field was going to stand. And I'm not so sure. Again, I. Here's what I'm saying. If they if they rule that a touchdown, you're not over. You're not overturning that, because and I'll. Again, unless I hear differently, I think ESPN Plus helped you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I they, think it did. Yeah, we complained and bitched and moaned about ESPN because Plus. Because they brought one camera Because the they game. had one camera. And it was a guy <laughs> trying to run into position to get it there. And those people are just up there up top. The cameras yeah, were all jacked views, up. Didn't have if, that's, if that's that primetime game where they have three overheads, a helicopter that's zooming in on satellite, one attached to the light post, and four pylon cams, I, I'm, I'm not so sure that still goes to West Virginia. But you're trying to look down the line where there's 20 bodies mangled in there. I think that helped. They called on the field, fumble, rec- multiple things. Fumble, recovery, West Virginia. And then here's the third piece that I think helped, touchback. It wasn't even a fumble recovery on the six-inch on because you would have still been in some trouble yeah. if you had got that. But you got everything went your way, and they had to they had to leave it. So you think when ESPN came to town in that minivan with the uh, – ESPN magnetic sticker that they just put on the side of the van so it looked like it was an official vehicle and they went to Best Buy and brought that bought that prosumer camcorder and they were going to use that as one of their cameras. You think that helped West now, Virginia? Maybe someone will tell us that, hey, the Big 12 office was helping to look and they had 50 different cameras. I don't know where those cameras were. They what they were showing, you could not get a definitive read. I, I think you could have made an argument, but you couldn't definitively say this. When you looked behind him, it looked like his lower body was down and the elbow was down and the ball may not have been totally out. I mean, if I was trying to piece together and say what was more likely, it, take take my golden blue glasses off there. I'm well, not, I think West Virginia caught a break is what I'm trying to say. They absolutely I caught a break. I think West Virginia caught a break that they couldn't exactly see that and, you, and they called it on the field the way they called it. Well, so Best Buy is our star of the game. Uh, Prosumer camera didn't get a good shot of it. Well, West Virginia caught a break and also Neil Brown said after the game, he said, they called a fumble. <laughs> I mean, he he didn't wade too far into it. I don't think he wanted. To, I don't think he wanted to go there. But look, there were. Well, they, well, there was the the bad call on. Um, who got the bad call on the offensive pass interference? Bryce, Bryce Ford. Bryce Ford. Bryce Ford that was a bad call. Uh, Iowa State's upset because they th- they thought on the fourth down touchdown throw that the shot that the um, the clock had run down. Yeah, maybe because it did. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Travis Jones had a good explanation of that last night on the Sunday night sports line. Oh, really? Because he heard an official describe that is, is how did, how did they do that? Right. 
on the uh, on the clock. And they have an official, probably the back judge, who's looking at the clock. Right. And then when it gets to zero, he looks at the ball. He sees if it's in the area. Yeah, is the ball moving? Right. So it was probably pretty close. Milliseconds. There's a margin of error there that's given. I mean, that, that's <laughs> yeah, the answer. Yeah, There's you, a margin yeah. of error there that's given. It's not going to be automatic like a still shot. Like it's here's, just here's Matt Campbell on the fumble. I watched the line judge on our side signal a touchdown, and then it's not a touchdown. I guess I don't really understand the mechanics of what's going on, but we can't put ourselves in a position where others are going to dictate the outcome of the game. Yeah. It's classy. It's classy. Do you know how you know that the official on the Bryce Ford Wheaton offensive pass interference blew the call? Because he never engaged with Neil Brown. Neil's head was about <laughs> six inches away from. I mean, I mean, I'd never seen. I mean, he got a Bob Huggins rip, and it never stopped. I don't know how much you could see on TV. He didn't stop. He did it when it happened. He did it into the commercial break. He did it through the commercial break. He did it after the commercial break, and my man did not engage. Well, it, it was a bad call. Yeah. It was a bad call. And I think he called We were talking about that on our program. I think he called it because, look, they were just doing hand, little hand-checking, and the defender fell down. Well, but first, before that, Ford Wheaton's hand was on the defender. Now, that well, happens all the time, and it was extended. It, it wasn't in tight. It was clearly on there. And you talk about looking down and looking back up. His hand was on there, and the defender ends up on the ground, and Ford Wheaton goes for a big play. I can see if you're going to – we say it all the time, and officials do it. They're going to anticipate. They're going to yes, guess, exactly and they guessed, right. and he saw that, and he called the flag. Whatever. Take it. Call four more of those. Take it. You got two bigger ones that went in your favor. Net win. Because here's the thing. You don't apologize. You're going you're gonna to have to go into Fog Island no. Fieldhouse here, and they're going to miss 16 calls on you. So you just take this and you move on. Reggie, Reggie Rimmer did that every reception. Yeah. <laughs> My thing is advantage, disadvantage. Did Bryce Ford Wheaton gain an advantage uh, by that? No, that's just normal hand contact. I'll tell you who wouldn't have called that. Grannis Bell, who now is in the NFL making those calls. I've talked to him about that. He said, no, man. He said, it has to be blatant. A blatant disadvantage advantage situation before you call it. Well, so, and that's what I'm saying. That official thought there was exactly because he he saw a guy on the ground. He thought there was. He yeah. anticipated, but whatever. Take the fumble and move on. Oh yeah, it's report- bring ESPN Plus back every week. Yeah, <laughs> my apologies going. for complaining about ESPN Plus. Keep uh, keep bringing the uh, keep bringing the Explorer Post production unit into Morgantown for the game. That's works, good. Worked out great. All right, time now for report cards brought to us by Pro Football Focus, Senator. Well, a couple things. Won't surprise you. Jared Deggie had the third best grade of any quarterback nationally. Wow. In the 90s. In the 90s. He had almost a 100 grade when he was kept clean. <laughs> I mean, you can't do that. He, I mean, he was fantastic. Good for TJ him. TJ Banks, second overall highest graded Mountaineer offensively, which you knew he would. That offensive line, you had six offensive linemen, TJ Banks included in that, in your top 11 highest graded guys. So, I mean, I could go down in the weeds. I could go on and on and on. But but just what you saw on the field was backed up on the grades. The guys that you thought had really good games along that front, and you can name every one of them, they all played exceptionally well. The the one to note, Nestor, Nestor was fantastic. Frazier was fantastic. Milam was good. Yates held his own against what was probably the best defensive lineman in that league. And then TJ Banks certainly helping out, not just catching it, but also blocking-wise. Wyatt Milam continues to put up good numbers. 
That's a, that's a guy that, again, no surprise, the more the kid was going to get a play, the more reps he got, the better everybody thought he was going to be, Neil Brown, Matt Moore included, and that's starting to play itself out. Yeah, did, star in the making. Did you see, uh, beforehand, we were talking about some of the key players for Iowa State. One was Will McDonald, who needed one sack to become the all-time sack leader for Iowa State. Now, I don't know if he came out of the game for some reason. Did he play the whole game? He had one assist and one tackle. Yeah. One assist, one tackle. Did a number on him. What about Rose? Uh, all those big-time names, uh, they did a great job. You know, we made mention on Thursday's preview show, there was some analogy. We were talking about responding and answering, and sometimes it's kind of like in the uh, MMA fights where a guy gets on the ground and he just gets the stuffing pounded out of him, and you're wondering, you're looking, you're going like, is this thing going to be stopped right here? In some way, somehow, that guy – bends his back and turns around and stops the punches into his face and he gets back up and the ring, uh, the bell rings and then you go on and he continues to fight. That's what we said West Virginia needed to do and that's what they did. Well, I'm sorry, the discussion was the, the, the person that was talking to me about Iowa State from, from close to their program said, Iowa State's success comes when they start to throttle you and they sense you're in trouble and you're wobbling and you don't punch them back. They push the accelerator down and, and drill you. And so if you're going to fight them, once they start to go, you better stand up right in that moment or you're in some trouble. And that's what we were saying. West Virginia did four different times. And there were, there were a couple times in the first half where the thing was going back and forth very quickly and it got chippy. Remember that? Yeah. And then it was like West Virginia's like, and, and that almost was in, in favor of West Virginia because that, that was an indication of, oh, okay. Yeah. You, yeah, we got a you, game. You want to go? We'll, go? we'll go. go. Yeah. I mean, let's go. One quick, one more stat on that offensive line. West Virginia was credited or allowed one quarterback hit and just six hurries. So seven total pressures allowed for the West Virginia offensive line. To give you some comparison to that, the West Virginia defense was credited with 23 pressures on Brock Purdy. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about the difference being Purdy was way more uncomfortable than Daigie ever was. A three to one plus ratio there in terms of what WVU did pressure wise versus what Iowa State did. I was uh, talking to Neil there late Friday afternoon. I said, okay, dude, what's the one, 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 one thing you got to do? Give me the one, one, one thing. You, I mean, what's the absolute? He said, we just have to make Brock Purdy have a bad game. And he says, did, it, it's, all, it's all right there. You can talk about all the other guys. He says, you just have to make him have a poor game or an off game for him. And he did. And he did. I just will tell you this, though. Uh, I'm glad he's done. I mean, I am glad that he's done. He is a he is a tough cat. If he got out of bounds there late on that on that last and that, on oh, their yeah. last drive, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, he's he was a snake man that you just like you'd have you got to take the head off because that guy just kept coming. I'm glad I'm glad we don't see him anymore. There's there were so many plays in that game where you just saw Mountaineer players rise up. I mean, you had to worry about Kohler, right? And Kohler turned out not, not to be a big factor in the game. There was one pass, I forget when it was, and it was just a play which I'm sure that Iowa State runs all the time where it's just like, Purdy's going to throw to Kohler. Mm -hmm. Kohler's 6'7", he's going to go up and get the ball because a 5'10 defensive back is not going to make a play. And I think it was Mahone went up. I can't was remember it? who it was, but yeah, you're right. It was a big, massive no, height it was Jackie difference. Matthews. Was it Jackie, Jackie Matthews? Jackie Matthews, who was giving up like seven or eight inches yeah. to Kohler, went up, and if you watch where their hands were, he was there. they were dead even dead level where they were and Matthews tips yeah, that away yeah. at seven, eight inches, whatever, however much shorter Jackie yeah. Matthews is. It's significant. Knock that away. Yeah. 
One last thing on the pressures, nine combined between Stills and Mesador. I mean, they had more than the whole Iowa State team. And, and listen, if you were watching along on that broadcast, oh you gosh. saw Dante Stills in that back backfield constantly. And what was that? Well, there was one instance where Mesador flipped and was coming in, and there were two guys. It was a bar fight. It was like a bar fight. It's like he came into the door and two people tried to come at him and he just, boom, he threw one off with the right hand and one off with the left hand and just went straight there. Well, it was like, like they met him at the door. Like yeah. They, somebody radioed ahead, cell phone to head, hey, said, oh, hey, bouncer, hey, bouncer, you got 90s coming. You got a guy coming in and Mesador kicks the door down and walks in. There's two big bouncers coming. He did boom with one, boom with the other. I got you. I'm going to track the guy down. It was awesome. Yeah. It's a great play. Yeah, those guys, they're, they're balling. They're balling. Uh, 38 points scored by West Virginia. That is more points by the Mountaineers against Iowa State than in the previous three games combined. When was the last time that West Virginia had th- had touchdowns on three consecutive possessions in the second half of a game? Well, we'll turn that over to our producer, Jonathan Taylor County, Tyler Consolidated. He'll get it. Well, we'll just uh, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I will give you this stat. West Virginia or Iowa State had only given up five second half touchdowns all year. All year combined in their games. West Virginia got three. And we know West Virginia struggles in the second half mm-hmm. to start this season. Yeah. That in of itself was remarkable. All right. Boy, the text the text line has just been... I'm sorry, one last thing. Can we throw out one other key? Well, sure. Are you looking for a difference defensively and offensively? West Virginia 9 of 15 on third. Iowa oh. State 2 of 12 Huge. on third down. Oh, yeah. Can so we just talk how important that is. Absolutely. And then 1 of 1 on fourth down. Which was huge. So keeping, there's about keeping the ball. What a day. What a day. What'd you end up doing on the, uh, on the number on the game? What did it end up? Seven? Seven and a half. It ended at seven and a half. Yeah, there was some significant money that came in Saturday on Iowa State. Hello. And we keep saying one other thing, but here's one other thing. And and Neil Brown drew attention to this is that because of the weather and a variety of things, it was not a big crowd. They said 45,000. I'm not sure about that, but, but it's, it's, (laughs) The people who were there yes. desperately wanted to be there. And because of that and because of how the game went, they did make a difference in the game. And Neil Brown drew attention to that. Well said. And I thought the same thing in this sense. The ones that were there are also in that category of the most engaged and excited. Let's face it. It was less than ideal. And so you really have to be in that mode of it means a lot to you. Yeah. Very similar to crowds in the NIT, the National Invitation Basketball Tournament. They're never the biggest, but the ones that go to those games, they're also the most hyped up because it means a ton to them. And I thought those that were in that stadium did a tremendous, tremendous job. They They did make a difference. Coming up on Saturday, West Virginia and Oklahoma State, it is a 3.30 kickoff. And our friends at Caesars Sportsbook have an opportunity for you. Place a point spread wager on the Mountaineers in their game against the Cal Pokes. If West Virginia covers or if they win the game outright, Caesars gives you a bonus worth double your net winnings. This is an exclusive season-long bonus. It's available for every Mountaineer game. Just bet the spread and win double West Virginia and Oklahoma State. Must be 21. They offer valid in West Virginia only. And for new customers, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Caesar Sportsbook, your app is ready, Emperor. May have been some confusion about the contest, about picking the score <laughs> at halftime. 
Hoppy screwed the whole thing up when we announced it last week. That is not in the text. We go from... I'm looking at the text. That is not in there. Dave from Michigan writes in, Hey, three guys, the instructions were a little convoluted for this week's Burdette contest, but I think I'm doing this right. It's halftime at the basketball game. I'm picking Taz Sherman to score first in the second half of the game. Good call, Dave. <laughs> well done, Dave. Well done. Uh, Tony- By the way, of the 110 entries that you got, were there any repeat entries? No, didn't see any. Oh, well, there's one cheater. One guy cheated. One guy put in a, like one of the kickers. And then after the kid had the pick six, he came back 12 minutes after and put his name in. I think it's going to be <laughs> this guy. Nice try. But, so it was important to get a clarification of one entry. Sure. All right. Thank you. P.S. Right. Dave in Michigan, if Tony bagged the pig like Brad has stated, shouldn't his nickname be something like Sneakers instead of Scopes? No, it's Scopes. Also, point of clarification, not only have I stated it, but the person with you on the hunt stated it. I've only repeated what it's that not person true, has so told no, that's us not on true. the air. Said it, it was laying down. Well, that was laying down. Doesn't mean it's asleep. You ever laid down and not be asleep? Oh, no, actually. I'm laying down. You've never sleep. laid down and not be asleep. By the way, when I was leaving the game on Saturday, <laughs> hey, dude, I come up there, law school steps, cutting through the gravel parking lot, going over to is these people, nice, they had a nice tailgate, had awnings, had all kinds of things like that. And the guy says, hey, man. He says, hey, it was a great game. I said, yeah, great game. I said, yeah, give him some. I was a guy was sitting with him in a chair at feet. I had a big dish. I had a TV going. He goes, hey, Scopes. <laughs> <laughs> it's sticking it's sticking texter says brown's decision to force green into the game is the only reason i struggle to trust the climb well if that's going to hold you back from trusting the climb i mean that so now here comes the criticism of putting green in the game this is beautiful (laughs) after after weeks of criticism of not putting green in now you now you're staying okay this is beautiful okay okay next next we've reached we've we have reached the equilibrium that we need yeah Donna in Weirton. Hey, three guys, my family endured the weather and watching the game at the stadium. As the third quarter ends, so this is in-game, I keep watching us to take forever to get the play out of the field and communicate it to our players. Our players keep looking back at the bench, looking for a play. I am by no means a coach, but isn't there a better, quicker way to get this conveyed? Never mind, we just scored to tie it up on fourth down. 31-31, <laughs> let's go Mountaineers. <laughs> Texter says... Hey. Uh, on that sure hop and again as i was listening to the sunday nights no i forget who i was talking maybe you guys were talking about it whoever is that the defense because the offense has a substitution the defense can substitute and they're dragging their feet Mm -hmm. and the play clock's still running yes that happened saturday Westray had to burn that time out. Iowa State did a nice job of dragging its feet, and that was the Will McDonald. When you asked if Will McDonald went out, yeah, Will McDonald was taking his time getting the sideline. He kind of looked back there. Yeah, that happened. That's when the center yeah. official needs to come in. Yeah, and say, "Wait, that center that, official can they can do, do that? Do yes, they, do they that? can do that. Yes, they can do that. Yeah, that's yeah that the officials that they, that's part of the thing they need to be administering during the game." Texter says. As a homage to Georgetown's John Thompson and Manley Fieldhouse, Brocktober is officially closed. For those that don't know that story, when uh, Syracuse played its last game at Manley Fieldhouse, Georgetown beat them in the last ever game, and he said, Manley Fieldhouse is officially closed. (laughs) Mic drop. 
Texter says, wow, I am so happy for Coach Brown. Jared Deggie and the Mountaineers, let's go. P.S. Great call today. I'm emotional. Texter was emotional there. Texter, Chuck from Lumberport. Wow, wow, wow. What a game. What a win. Deggie's best game by far. Take me home, country roads. That's the effort we love as Mountaineer fans, says the Texter. He just identifies now as Texter. Jason in Dallas. Happy Brocktober, guys. What resilience. What toughness. What never say die You'll have to kill us. Onions. No matter the quick touchdown allowed, no matter how many missed holding calls against Stills, no matter how many terrible offensive pass interference calls, our Mountaineers said, you can take your Brocktober and choke on it. If anyone still had questions about the team's feelings for Coach Brown, they were answered today. Plus, lowercase p, Pitt loses at home. What more could you want? Oklahoma State is on a bye, or excuse me, an open week, hosting those insufferable shoe-wearing lowercase JJ Hawks. So hopefully there are many more than today's about 45,000 on hand to cheer on our Mountaineers when they roll to town next week. Question, was it just me seeing things with the O-line or do the PFF grades also suggest that our O-line is starting to gel? And we, we address that. You're the, exactly the, right. You get, a lot of, you get a lot of fans back from the last two weeks. You get a lot of, you get a lot of people back on the bandwagon from how they played. You know why, how else you could tell it was a big game? Go review the tape and Neil Brown's reaction after that game. Yeah. He was jumping around like a kid. That wasn't a subdued. Thanks, everybody, for coming. We'll get on to the next one. That was a might have had to go in and have a little MRI done on his shoulder there to make sure it didn't get thrown out. With a, it was a, That was an all-timer good good fist bump. Yeah. I mean, a fist pump. Yeah. Good fist bump. He, he fired up. Yeah, he fired up, man. Texter says, I had a bunch of critical, angry nonsense. I came a hair of sending you guys a few weeks ago when we showed no effort, and I'm sure glad I didn't. Because these boys played their guts out against Iowa State, especially proud of a second-generation great Mountaineer Dante Stills. He played hard in every game all year, and I'm happy to see it. As a third-generation diehard, raising the fourth generation, it is nice to have guys on the team who understand how important Mountaineer football is to so many people. I think there's a couple people are saying that. I mean, yeah, because it was difficult to watch when you didn't have energy. Forrest in Morgantown writes, Two quick things, guys. I'm sure you'll cover the main points. Are we gonna are we going to figure out how to not use our timeouts at inopportune times? I am patient, but it's starting to even test my patience. To follow up on the Senator's plea last episode to treat Iowa State fans like we would want to be treated. We not only hosted some vagabond ISU fans at our tailgate, but afterwards while walking out with some ISU fans. We were talking about the game. No joke. They said, we want to be mad, but everyone here has been so nice. (laughs) So mission accomplished. I told them to have a safe trip and watch for deer to make them feel truly loved. Hashtag no Brocktober in Morgantown. Hashtag trust the climb. Oh, one more thing. Number three point. Is there ever going to be a limit on how long a timeout official gets to look at a replay? Takes that long. It should stand as called. We could have Hoppy build us Adirondack chairs in the amount of time they had. Hashtag trust the dean. Thank you. Uh, it takes a little bit longer on the chair, but the on the on the television broadcast they showed a lot of cutaways of the Iowa State fans because there were Iowa State fans there, and I, I think again th- those are fans that West Virginia fans can relate to. I think we have some commonality there, and it's raining. They they've had all this they've had the success, and now they're getting beat on the road, and they were just. They were drenched. They were unhappy, and I thought I felt bad for them. Not not bad enough that I wanted them to win the game, but um, it's kind of like 
Brad, you were talking about how Iowa State, they, they can't quite believe when they're doing well. They, they're waiting for something bad to happen. And guess what? It did. Something bad happened. I did. Talked to multiple people last week that said that. When I said, ah, you got, you got a great team, and they all got all nervous. I remember well, when, when you did that show and when you did that show in Des Moines. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're a little bit nervous about coming out. Well, I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, we're a little bit nervous. Hey, we got a little bit. We're not sure how this is going to go. Yeah, they were right. Yeah. They're right. Here is one thing. I've said this many times. There should be a shot clock on reviews because it goes against what the definition of the review is supposed to be. Indisputable evidence. So if there's indisputable evidence, you see that fairly quickly. Put the damn shot clock on the thing. I agree. And if it's not, I agree with the texture. If it's not done, then the play stands as called, even if it's the wrong one. Why are you cringing? I'm just It's thinking, indisputable evidence. I'm just So why is it taking why, five he, minutes? There's not I'll indisputable evidence. Move on. Go ahead. Why are you why, cringing? Why are you over cringing? That? I know why he is. How's that debatable? I don't even understand well, how you because here's why. That. Because here's why. Because he spent <laughs> his because he spent his entire life in doing politics in the political realm, right? So he has no problem with something lasting a, an infinite amount of time because he's used to proposals being made. Let's put seven task force together, and then we'll have a committee of the whole. Then we'll debate it, and then we'll put it out for public comment. And then after public comment, we might have to rewrite the rules. When I first came here in 1984, he sent me over to the Met Theater, cover a, cover a meeting. I was doing news, cover a meeting. He says, hey, they're going to build this highway. I said, they're going to build a highway? He said, yeah. I said, cool. He says, go over, get some interviews with the people. All right? That's 84, 1984, Okay. 40 years later, <laughs> 40 years later, they open it up over there in Pennsylvania. Good right. When you come good out. Good thing he didn't stay over at the right, Met good. for 40 years. So, so to him, so to him, review. Five minutes, no big oh, deal. Oh, you're Let's kidding me? Let's just keep looking at it. Like if it was. Keep parsing it out. He wants it like a cricket game. Like it goes four days. So you just get back to us. Just keep zooming in, zooming exactly. out, looking, trying to look through bodies, debating sure. whether it's there or not. Absolutely. The, Instead the, of playing the game. Yeah. The I, I do. I get, imp, I get impatient as well. The only thing I would say is that. Why do you have review to get it right? And some of these plays are absolutely critical. Critical. The game may hang on what happens. So if it takes just a little more time to get it right, then get it right. That's the goal. But it shouldn't. The, the rule states indisputable evidence. I mean, I'm not making that up. That's what the rule says. says it. So follow your own rule. Indisputable means I can't dispute it, as you're trying to do. Look at it. If it's disputable, by definition, it's okay. Call stands. Move on. Indisputable. How many times have we looked at the replay and sat there together, Brad, and gone, I don't know. That's not, not indisputable sure. then. Then sure. it stands. It's, it's, in, it's not indisputable. How many times have we sat there together and looked at it and gone, yeah, that's, here's the answer. That, yeah, yeah. More times than we've sat there and gone, eh, I'm not sure. More times we've been able to say, got it, here's the call, move. True or false? I'll get back to you. Yeah. True. That, Tony, that means true. Yeah, I know. When he refuses to answer the question, that I means know. true. He thinks he, he thinks he can slide by. I get him. We got Came him. Came in here with a half-assed argument on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but put that one back in your indisputable. pocket. Here's, the, here's, one thing, here's one thing that's also indisputable. <laughs> if you're a business owner, you better have your ducks lined up. When it comes to your IT, your information technology, are you safe? The, the good news is, hey, there's great technology and you can do things nowadays that you've never been able to do before. The bad news is that there's still a lot of bad people out there. And now they're trying to come after your IT. The folks at Comax Business Systems 
take great pride in making sure that you and your business are safe. So whether that is your very, very important data that's needing to be properly backed up or safety from viruses and malware, give them a call and check them out. Comax Business Systems at ComaxWV.com. That's K-O-M-A-X-W-V.com. K-O-M-A-X-W-V.com. So much more than copiers. They can do all that as well, anything you need in your business. But they are there to give a full free accounting. They'll come in, do a complete look. I mean, it's kind of like a computerized colonoscopy. That's the way I'm looking at it, Hoppy. I mean, they will go inside and check out your IT. And then they'll say, hey, don't see anything here. Or, hey, we got a little something there we need to kind of fix. A little tech polyp. I like that. I, I like that. That's a good one right there. That, they are the computerized colonoscopy people. They'll come in for free and check your system out. Get that out. image out of my mind. ComaxWV.com. Hello. Something Brad said Iowa State pregame played true. He said one way a more dominant team can be beaten is when every time they punch you in the mouth with a score, you punch right back with a score. After a while, doubt starts to creep into their thoughts. That was sure true in our win. That's Howard, a native of Jefferson County, now living in the Myrtle Beach area. Hello. Texter says, if you guys remember, Don Nealon said great teams overcome bad officiating. Our Mountaineers did in this game. Coaches, if they're being honest, and look, and it's it's reasonable for coaches to be upset about bad calls. I get that. But Matt Campbell handled it, handled it well, and I'm sure when they break down film, they see – 38 things that their own team didn't do sure so if they're mature about it they're not going to say we lost the game because of a call they're going to look at a bunch of other stuff that went wrong they won't but sometimes officiating does cost people games so i don't think you can just totally dismiss that so just therefore the, if you're reviewing the therefore if you're reviewing a controversial play you better take your time and get it right indisputable <laughs> just get the call right then move on in a short amount of time because here's the other thing Here's the other thing. You want to talk about getting it right? Then put some sensors in the balls because there were some guys moving around on spots that were absolutely <laughs> atrocious. I mean, I, there was that one guy that was three yards up, right? I happened that to be looking true. right That's at true. him and watched him on camera. Great camera work by ESPN Plus once again. Three yards off from where he's he he had his I'm just had his foot marked. Okay, had the foot marked. And he goes to catch the ball and drops the ball. Somebody threw the ball. And then he moves off his spot to go pick up the ball and comes back at a different spot and then walks in at yet a third spot. Oh, brother. That is, well. Did I about lose my mind? I about lost my mind. You did, and on that we definitely agree. And I, I wish there could be a stat of the number of yards that have been wrong in college Wrongly sports. lined up. When yeah. pros, too, because the spot is just wrong. Uh, technology can fix that because you talk about something that's really hard oh yeah yeah you're you're spotting it over on the side you're gonna run in and i mean seth from odessa florida hey three guys it's saturday night i'm reflecting on the game one phase comes to mind bad juju i feel like iowa state used all of its bad juju on west virginia over those three terrible plays the offensive pass interference penalty the pick six oh the offensive pass interference the penalty and the pick six. Then the universe had to come back to balance when they fumble on the one-inch line. Purdy does not get out of bounds. Then they get a penalty and a 10-second runoff. So amazing to see the other team give the game away in the end for once. So proud of our guys. Best offense in three years, and it's not even close. I'm glad Purdy had one shot instead of two. Yes. Agreed. 
Three guys, I'm disappointed with the student section turnout yesterday. No reason they shouldn't pack it every game. Iowa State was not even around a holiday break. There were only six home games a season. Weather, no excuse. Here's my proposal to fix that. I think they should do a five-year study on student attendance. Let's say the seating capacity is 12,000. Hypothetically speaking, let's say the student section had 9,500 students on average over that five-year span. I say the other 2,500 tickets, they should do a lottery for hardworking, low-income West Virginians to get tickets to the home games. Many West Virginians out there would probably love to go but simply can't afford. I know you don't want to give handouts, but the student section should be full every game, simply isn't, hasn't been for years. Usually only for the first game of the season, big games when the Mountaineers are winning. What are your thoughts, Chase, from Elizabeth, West Virginia? I defer to Brad. I'm sure they talked about all the talked about that all the time. Talked about it, lived it. <laughs> when he was in administration, right. it's right. politically unpopular to do. If you wanted to do it, there's there are probably a, a dozen economic reasons why you can and should do it. But from a public perception, get grief endlessly over it. You probably don't do it. We're not continuing until you comment. Here's my comment. I spent a lot of years. <laughs> encouraging people to attend, to do things, to spend their money. You know what I'm not in the business of doing now? Telling people what to do with their time or their money, I will leave it at this. People in the marketing and ticket offices and the folks in charge of students and student fees and student attendance talk about all those things. Next question. It's Josh from the Twin City Cities. Well, three guys. If this win over the Cyclonians is what we can expect from the climb, then count me firmly in the trust camp. From my count, this is the first time and first win in his tenure where the opponent has scored 30-plus. The Big 12 still has some good offenses, and we cannot rely on defense alone to win us some ball games. The question on my mind is, can Neil Brown stack a career-defining win with another career-defining win against a probably top-15 Cowboys team? Thanks, and let's go Mountaineers. Well, you feel better now than you did two weeks ago about the chances. Now, again, you say, okay, let's go. You're at home. You have Oklahoma State coming in. Uh, the crowd, I think, will be the crowd will be there. So see what happens. I mean, take your swings. Yeah. Take your swings. I, the encouraging part to me, if uh, Texter makes a good point there, the encouraging part was that game, because even if you're Iowa State, right? Iowa State likes to win games defensively by what they do, by choking you out. Sometimes games go off the rails, right. and you've got to win in a way that you didn't intend to win a game. I would doubt West Virginia intended to win that game by having to put up 38 points of offense. It did, and it was able to, and it executed. That, to me, is a, a big-time big, big time mark of improvement, and quite frankly, a good team. When you can win w without doing it in the manner in which you would ideally scripted, that's a great sign, and I think that's what West Virginia did Saturday. Andy from Parkersburg, I would have to think Bryce Ford Wheaton's catch has to be the best catch of the Neil Brown era for sure. But where do you think it ranks over the last 10 or so years of Mountaineer football? The next best catch, who was the defensive back that intercepted the ball in the end zone last year? Transferred out. Tyke Smith. Tyke Smith. Over the shoulder? Yeah. That was a great catch. <laughs> it was by a defender, but it was a great catch. It was the best catch last year at Mountaineer Field. Anything stand out in your mind? I mean, there were, you know, of the Neil Browner that Isaiah Esdale at TCU, but the throw was just right there. He had to get his feet in. He was just, I mean, the fact that, that Ford Wheaton was horizontal 
backwards and caught it with the point. I mean, that is so hard to do. The next best might be Darius Stills' interception when he laid out behind the ball. I mean, that might be in in, in second place there. But that that Ford Wheaton thing was just incredible. What What an athletic play, concentration, just tremendous. That'll be hard to beat. Brian in Williamstown, what a game Saturday. Super impressed with the team. Kept fighting through adversity. And major props to Deggy overall. He's been a different QB since the bye. So props to him. This was the type of win and stretch that bonds a team, helps them grow. Could have easily shut it down after Baylor didn't believe in each other and their coaches. I'm excited to see them next week. On the basketball side, I was impressed with the effort in the first half. Taz looks like a pro. Wow, he put a show on. I like the potential of this team, even with all the challenges. By the way, the new announcer did pretty good. What do you think? I bet Scopes is one proud dad right now. Yes. Give a shout out to Andy there. Yeah, Andrew. Andrew Caridi did the game. Did a nice job. Did which he does. Game. He's a good yeah. announcer. Yeah. That's why he didn't. You know why he did a nice job? Because he's good. Yeah. That's why he did a nice job. Did a nice job. On ESPN Plus? Yeah. He did the game? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure, the, I'm sure the radio announcer was average, but the, the guy on the TV for ESPN Plus at basketball? Outstanding. Oh, basketball. My bad. Nah, by the time it was on, you were probably. That warm glass of milk, three chocolate chip cookies, and Karen had probably put the shawl over you and tucked you in for the night. <laughs> Wayne from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Interested to hear your thoughts on how Jared Green and Jared Deggy played. Boy, the ESPN Plus crew is a piece of work. I don't mind the W Virginia thing, but can we have just one ounce of homework done by these clowns? They also said we blew a lead against Texas Tech earlier this year. Wayne not happy. We're happy that ESPN only brought one Best Buy camera. (laughs) Apparently there were some issues. Which, by the way, it was like one of those documentaries where the camera's moving to create tension. You know, like it was. Um, There was a lot of that. Texter says, compare Jared Deggie to Skylar Howard in terms of leadership, demeanor, and value to the team. Read that again. Say it again. Compare Deggy to Skylar Howard in terms of leadership, demeanor, and value to the team. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I will say this. Deggy's demeanor is is really impressive. For a guy, for a guy to take that heat that he did, and he just outwardly at least just takes it, moves on, prepares for the next. I I, I was really happy to see him bounce back and have these these back to back great games. So was I. He's a good kid that has taken an inordinate amount of crap. Texter says, hello, what do you think of uh, Neil Brown's play calling after the Iowa State goal line fumble? Team has impressed and matured post-buy. Give Neil and the staff credit along with the players. Most impressed with the offensive line growth. Receivers becoming a strength, greatly enhancing Deggie's play. So proud of the team. You three are the best. Senator spot on with his analysis on how to attack Iowa State's defense. Keep up the great work. Love the show. Rich Williamsburg, Williamsburg, Virginia. I thought overall, as I as I said at the start, I, I thought the play calling was just was just tremendous. It really was. And now, listen, I know it gets a lot easier to call plays when things are working and you're blocking and you can throw passes because you have confidence that guys are going to catch it. So it opens the playbook there. The way they manage down and distance helps that as well. You weren't stuck in third and eight and third and right, nine all right. day. So that helps you. But I thought overall play calling was just was just fantastic. Yeah, my, uh, my boy, Jed Drenning, 
First six games this season, first six, West Virginia's average yards per rush on first down, 3.2. Last two games, 4.8. Yards per play the first on first down, the first six games, five and a half. Last two, 7.3. To Brad's point, when you're not playing behind the sticks or having these long situations, it opens up opportunities to run other plays. And so everything just feeds off of that. And that was going to be a challenge because Iowa State's one of the best teams in the league on first down defense. West Virginia did very well on first down. Yeah. Uh, Mountain Mama in Annapolis. Three guys. What a total team win. To be fair, I have to credit where credit is due since I've been critical this season of quarterback players. A shout out to Jared Deggie for what he has was his best game as a Mountaineer. So as we prepare for the Cowboys to come into town, what is the game plan for the team to continue to excel? One area I see that needs some tweaks are red zone play. So I'm playing armchair coach, and would love to see Coach Brown share the QB love and install a red zone package for Garrett Green with some bootleg action and a rollout pass to a tight end in the end zone. Let's go. Well, that's – I mean, Brad's been talking about that for since last year. But in fairness, I think they had five red zone trips and four touchdowns inside the red zone. Correct me if I'm wrong. I can uh, six I can. six trips, five touchdowns, and a field goal. Tremendous, tremendous production in the red zone this time. Yeah, so tremendous. So that was not an issue on Saturday. Yeah, it just wasn't. wasn't. And and I would say to your point is trust me as a staff, and I've say this all the time. They look at exactly what you've talked about. They and they have to make a determination. What is our best? What is what's the best chance that we have to score when we're down there? And so that's what you're seeing. And to Barad's point, yes, it did work on Saturday. So they're they're fully aware of what they can do. Um, and but they they, they thought, have struggled. In, they have yeah. struggled in the red zone. And it looks like so many times it just looks like they they really run into like their their feet are in mud. That's what it has looked like previously in the red zone and a lot of that's because west virginia previously could not run the football so then you're passing and the field's much much smaller and then they bring pressure on daggy and you just uh our producer jonathan taylor county tyler consolidated kennedy uh to your answer hoppy you had said when was the last time west virginia scored three straight touchdowns in the second half of a game 2018 against oklahoma wow okay that's against a conference opponent Good job. Uh, Rusty, Monroe County, home of the sleeping boars. Great win Saturday versus Brocktober and company. You are the best and lots of love, and God bless you, goofballs. Thank you, Rusty. That's a step up from idiots. Go- yeah, goofballs nicer than what uh, yeah. Garrett's wife called us. I had a situation after the game Friday night over at basketball. What? Like three or four guys had come in for the football game. They came to the game. They're from out there in uh, – Eastern Kanawha County, you know, East Bank, big listeners to the show. And so it came out nice. You know, I, I, I was done getting ready, packing up my stuff, you know, put my, put my stuff. And he, Tony said, hey, so-and-so, we're from East Bank. Listen, I'd love the show. Da, da, da. And then, you know, invariably, here it comes. Right? Invariably, here it comes. But Tony, I got a question to ask you. I said, yeah, what, what do you got? And, you know, after you do a game, I mean, you're hoppy. It's like you're taking a – you just took a final exam. Like yeah, your you head did. is yeah. – felt like you just filled up one of those blue, you know, essay notebooks. So, you know, yeah. probably less, you know, open to suggestions. <laughs> he said, Tony, 
Now, why doesn't Neil put Jarrett and Garrett in there together and then just throw a pass to Garrett? My response may have not been perfect. What did you say? I said, because this is an East Bank Little League. (laughs) To which one of the guys with him got a big guffaw. (laughs) And he said, I told (laughs) you. No, really, really good dudes. Seriously, really good dudes. And they were they had come up for both. They did both the football and the basketball game. So I was just giving it to them a little bit because you know, invariably, you know, this is kind of like this. There's always something. Back when John Beeline was here, if I had a dollar for every time someone would call and say, "Now why can't John play Kevin Pitsnoggle and Dior Fisher together?" People could just never understand because you have to guard somebody. It's just not. So anyway, Garrett Green and Jared Deggy are our new Kevin Pitsnoggle and Dior Fisher. Forever joined. Texter says, Hate to admit after the loss to Texas Tech, I wrote the team off for the season. Some reason I felt pretty good that they would beat TCU, and they did. I honestly believe they would lose to Iowa State, but was hoping for a good competitive game. Four things about this game gives me hope. They never gave up. One, two, after throwing the pick six, give Deggy credit to never let them down. Third, Bryce Ford Wheaton, incredible on those catches, and that was a bad call on the OPI. Fourth, I thought the O-line and D-line played really great the whole game. That interference call against Matthews late in the game was the Big 12 looking for one of their favorites. If anything, just a bad call. Finally, I don't know if West Virginia can keep up with the Cowboys, but I can only hope let's go Mountaineers hot rod in Woodbridge, Virginia. Ted from Colorado. I was wrong. When I predicted they would lose five of the next six and questioned the climb, obviously I underestimated Coach Brown's ability to write the ship. Awesome turnaround. There are a lot of people, a lot of people coming to the altar today, aren't they? A lot of no, people I, stepping to, into the confession. To their credit. To their, to their credit. credit. Come in and go, I was wrong. And, and by the way, that is, um, that is, the truth will set you free. So, I mean, if you just come in and go, I was wrong, him. it's a very simple thing to do and acknowledge it. You feel better right? and say, well, I know they won, but I don't just like Neil, It's just like Neil wanted. They wanted. Neil went into TCU. He wanted them to own it. And by the way, is it safe for any other coach in the Big 12 to coach against Neil Brown? I mean, the coach guys against, just get fired. Guys just get fired. Texas Tech, see you. TCU, see you. And if, TC, I, if I'm Mike Gundy, if I'm Mike Gundy this week, game. If, I, if, I, if, I, if I'm Mike Gundy this week, Careful. Careful. Both of those have happened immediately after playing Kansas State. I think Chris Kleiman might be the, uh, He's the grim angel Reaper. of death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, texter says, did the Iowa State coach do a postgame interview? I can't find it anywhere. Uh, our crack producer, Taylor County, Tyler Consolidated, it was his job to get that postgame tape. And he went in. He made an opening statement. He asked for any questions. There were no questions. And he said, fine, I'm out. He left. Really? Yeah. Texer says, okay, this is a great question because this is just, I can't wait to listen to the podcast after the win, but I'm wondering what players will we lose to graduation after this season? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't looked yet. <laughs> I would say we'll this. There. I would say this. It's, I'm not even can thinking of it. Can we have a moment? Yeah, exactly, man. Like, stop. <laughs> Like, did you just finish breakfast and you know you're asking what's for lunch? I mean, just wait. Uh, I don't think Letty Brown comes back. I mean, that's pretty apparent. I think, you know, I don't know what Jared Deggie's plans are. 
I mean, he can stay or he can go. I don't know what his plans are. I don't know. But for the most, I would say this to answer your question, a very high percentage can return on both sides of the ball. Very high percentage. Exactly in this new era, in this new day, who knows? I don't know. And we had a kid in the basketball game the other night from Akron, seventh year. Seventh. And he transferred from another Mac school this year to play at Akron. So who knows? One of the reasons that Iowa State is as good as it is this year is because guys did come back. Stay together. Stay yeah. together. And Stay I think together. I think that speaks to the kind of program that Matt Campbell has built there. Yeah. Hi, this is Tyler from Morgantown. I love the show. Longtime listener. I've begun to get into sports wagering recently. Thank you, Brad. Brad. So I have a question for you, Brad. How much money did he lose, you lose, this weekend? Hint, hint, wink, wink. Luckily, I only do the free pool bets and surprisingly got West Virginia correct. Let's go. Good for him. I was I was up on the weekend. Two weeks ago, you just like you were professional. You crushed it. Was rolling. Had a last great start week. to the college football season. Gave some back last weekend. This weekend, back up. Um, Rutgers came through one of the wins <laughs> this weekend. Could, at any point during the week, did you say I am placing a wager on Rutgers, Illinois? As much talked about on Saturday. Talked about it on the air publicly. <sighs> Made my stomach hurt to the point where. Got to win though. Brad, <laughs> Tony, I'll tell it. you this. Brad's in charge of the television and what and what games we have on. We have four TVs, so we're in there and like Brad's like getting the TVs, line up the games. He says, "I might have to put this Rutgers Illinois game." On. <laughs> I said, "What?" <laughs> like <laughs> I said, "You're going to do what?" He, says, he said, "Well, some of us may have a particular interest in the outcome of the game." <laughs> But he, to his credit, he really didn't he did put, it not put it up. He really didn't put that game on, did he? No, no, no. didn't. I mean, holy. Just was refreshing my phone every four seconds. Holy potatoes. I think because he was actually, he was a little bit embarrassed that he had, his day was, his early half of the day was riding on Rutgers. I was not embarrassed. Didn't feel good to be riding on Rutgers, but as uh, Tony, as I told Hoppy, pays the same as the it's, Ohio Penn State money did. It's business. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. It's business. You going to cash that ticket? I'll cash that ticket. <laughs> I don't care who it is, I, Trust me, put it into his context. I mean, Charlotte, Western Kentucky may have been a play as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the cash on the total. Catamounts probably hit that, right? It, to just explain it, so you have to explain things in his world. When he makes, when he says, Brad, what are you at Rutgers? I don't know, you go like this. Hey, Hoppy, I've listened to your show some. You do some peculiar interviews with some topics that I just have a hankering that you really don't care much about. He'll go, dude, I got to fill two hours. And you go like, yeah, I know. You understand? Well, I've got to take care of business. Or his world. I mean, it's like when there's a presidential election, you're talking about the results in Mon County Sixth Ward. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I mean, there's still got to be a winner out of the Sixth Ward. So you still got to adjust. I mean, it doesn't you matter. play. Six I mean, it's not as high profile, <laughs> not as high profile as the presidential race. <laughs> we don't have awards. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little Iowa in your, uh, you got a little Iowa on that one. You got no I don't know awards. if Iowa, well, know if Iowa the, does either. In, in fairness, we have in the, in the city, you have wards, but in the general election of the primary, you have precincts, but that's fine. I, I get your drift. You understand the point. We have, do yeah, we have, I get the point. Hey, Hobby, do we have at large? We have at large <laughs> well, councilmen. I just like every every kind. Con- yeah, yeah, we're in the whole thing. Anyway, hey, a reminder: <laughs> Thursday during the show, Burdett Camping Center will give you another opportunity for your game prediction. Fantastic people over there. So if you know anyone in the RV world, I would imagine this time of the year people are starting to get them. You know, winter condition. Sales, parts, service over at Burdett Camping. Visit them. They're located in Winfield, which happens to be the 
hometown of our producer, Jonathan Taylor County, Tyler Consolidated Kennedy. Visit uh, them at burdettcamping.com. All right, here we go. Hey, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, but before we go, I run out of time, Tony, and you mentioned the this podcast to hoppy. It's timeless. Well, that uh, Tommy Thomas has passed away. Yes. The, the longtime boxer, professional boxer from Clarksburg, and uh, fought for a long time. I think he also was on the Clarksburg Police Department. But um, They say he was an unbelievable law enforcement official. Dare program. He was, like, beloved in Harrison County. Yeah. Great guy. And um, I saw him fight. You ever seen him fight? I saw him I fight I never once. saw him fight, no. He was on a card once in the, in the championship fight in Pittsburgh when Larry Holmes was fighting Ali, somebody. wasn't it? No, it wasn't Ali. It was Holmes was fighting... I don't remember. Anyway, but he was on that card. And that was kind of, that was a moment for him because it was on a championship fight card. Yeah. In, uh, it's something, something occurs to me. He might have fought, was there a Michael Dokes? Yeah, he did fight Michael Dokes. You're exactly right. He did. I was reading the, I was reading the story. He also went to South Africa and fought Pierre Coetzer. Do you remember Pierre yeah, Coetzer? Yeah. He went to South Africa and fought him too. Yeah. So Tommy, uh, yeah, fantastic. His brother's Jerry Jerry Thomas. Thomas. Uh, who for years has had the boxing franchise in West Virginia in the Tough Man competition. So, yeah, absolutely. Condolences uh, to his family. Hey, reminder that you can become a West Virginia game changer. West Virginia game changer supporting and encouraging young people in West Virginia building healthy, addiction-free lives. Help out West Virginia families and their children become a game changer today. Visit the website wvgamechanger.com. Learn all you have to do to join. It's simple, wvgamechanger.com. Battling addiction, which affects the entire family. And right now, more than 7,000 kids in West Virginia live in foster care. 71% increase over the last decade because of opioids. Texter says, three guys, great win Saturday. I, I, it took a little longer than I expected. I think this team's finally starting to gel, ready to roll. I think great evidence of this was the video on Instagram of Coach Brown celebrating with the team in the <laughs> locker room post game. This team is with him. And look out the rest of the schedule. Let's go, Mountaineers. And Pitt still S-U-C-K-S. Can you say sucks on a podcast? I don't know. Oh, by the way, happy birthday, he says, to Bruce Irvin, November 1. Bruce's birthday. Happy birthday, Bruce. Holmes fought Ronaldo Snipes. That night. That night, yeah. Jim in Charleston, after the Baylor game, I was starting to doubt the climb. I remembered that you need to be careful about overreacting, either a good win or a bad loss. And look at the big picture. With a little better play here and there, we could have been 5-1 and one after Baylor. We just needed to start making the big plays we finally have over the last two weeks. So let's be optimistic. Support the team. I believe we'll be rewarded at some point not too far down the road. Three guys, Isaac, Ohio. Last uh, The talk on the last three weeks had been about what needs to change and what has changed. For the last year and a half, everyone's talked about Deggie's inability to complete deep passes. This week, Deggie, 5 of 7 for 145 and three TDs on passes that travel 20 or more yards in the air. Last week, he was 3 of 4 for 111. This has been the biggest change I've seen since the open day. Just wanted to see what you guys think about the sh- about that. It was He was so good at that on Saturday, and it was critical because we talked in our preview show that was how you attack this Iowa State defense. There weren't many holes in it, but the one thing they tended to give up were balls down the field over 20 yards. West Virginia was dialed in. Pete in Pensboro, probably not his real name. Three guys, I'm glad you brought up the topic of stadium chanting. This is the sort of burning discussion that I tune in for. Count me in on the he's one of our own chant. I think it's more of a pregame type chant, similar to the roll call that the bleacher creatures go into at Yankee Stadium. 
perhaps during warm-ups, less Drake blaring on the public address system and more chanting. Two, I'd also like to bring back the plane of happy trails when a visiting player fouls out. One of my favorite memories as a kid, game at middle, so I was in middle school, my basketball team was watching there, and Yinka Dare walked toward the bench and having his arm, waving his arms in frustration after his fifth foul as the student section swayed back and forth singing Happy Trails. Yinka Dare. Great name. GW. Remember Yinka Dare? Yinka Dare. All right, here we go. Sean from Raleigh, first and foremost. Congratulations, Major Harris. Couldn't be happier. He's getting his number retired this week. I was around the program those days ahead of his time. Generational talent, down-to-earth guy. Now for this year's team, proud of the adjustments during the off, not to be confused with bye week. I think the simplification has helped the offensive line the most. They're really coming along. Everyone, though, has responded nicely. I know this is a forum for questions, but I've got an observation. So many of us think this game is simple. And it is in many aspects and quite complicated in many others. Everything in a game happens for a reason, some good, some bad. For instance, why so many huddles in the second half? Most think it's confusion by WV, while in actuality, Iowa State has some very accomplished sign stealers. It is totally legal, but West Virginia had to guard against that. Just understand that it's not all about mistakes and agendas. A really great effort Saturday, and for the record, we're still owed on the benefit of the officiating ledger, in my opinion. Let's go, Mountaineers. Brett, Morgantown, what a weekend. One of those classic WVU games where only the diehards made it to the stadium. The rain held off, and the Mountaineers got the W. The future is bright. With every offensive starter, this texter says, at least one year of eligibility left, how many do we lose next season? Again, TBA. Texter, jinx. So the pump on our seven-year-old washing machine goes down late last week. Loads of fun to be had in the local laundromat Saturday afternoon. Tuned in just in time to hear Brees Hall's long touchdown scamper, then West Virginia's response. Then I had to step away. Later, quick score check, tied 17, halftime. Next time, tune in just in time to hear the hat trick, offensive pass interference, delay of game, pick six, debacle. Stepped away from the laundry. Next, quick check of scores. We're down 38-31. Double take. Whoop! We're up with less than a minute to go. Immediately put the phone down. To all the Mountaineers, wherever you may have been, you're welcome. Stephen, Kentucky. So he, he thought that he was the, the nemesis. Finished. Yeah. Um, that's about it. Oh, wait. He said, P.S. I had watched and listened to the Akron game. I'm sure we'd heard the second rendition of the Bears – our defense sucks. Love the show. Yeah, Bob. He's talking about Bob. Bob doesn't like defense okay. right now. Whew. That's got, got through a lot there. What? I wasn't going to be the next person to talk. I'm just going to say <laughs> that obvious that now – you you were kind of like, what are you going to get at TCU? And oh my gosh, now I got to play Iowa State. Now I'm saying, let's see what happens. I, this week cannot go fast enough for me to see what happens on Saturday. Senator, give me a little, give me a thread of a little something here on Oklahoma State as far as you did a great job last week as to why 
the line was what the line was. In other words, they're looking at a team, emotional win. They're looking at a West Virginia coming off of this, you know, the whole thing. So, like, where's the mental play in this game? Yeah, well, this is this is going to be a tough spot for West Virginia, right? Although the line three moved down to two and a half. Tough spot for West Virginia off a huge emotional win, but you're at home. Mm-hmm. So, generally, those letdown spots don't come at home. Oklahoma State having to come on the road here. So, this is a good one. This, this is a good one. Home dog. Again, home dog. Mike Gundy in the past has uh, talked about how difficult it is to get to Morgantown, hasn't he? He has. Or the first year they came in the that league. That was a while ago now, but yeah, he was flipped out that first thought he was like oh i'm sorry don't mean to interrupt but don't don't hit the music yet we had a we had a major development wait a second major development all right so a couple things so we know 330 for oklahoma state yeah noon for kansas state has just been announced oh really okay so noon for kansas state but here's the important thing on the oklahoma state release critical big (laughs) moment kudos to the big 12 eastern et was used on the release on the tweet of the game time yeah that's our that's now our they did the rare what some have been calling for the split gave you the et and the central time zone there fine that's fine be- because you had two you had two different time, time zone teams zones. competing yeah so they actually put both on there which i thought was a real novel concept by them did you make a call on that tony i've called but i didn't yes i have i think there were higher levels of west virginia's administration that have explained to the big 12 that there is a team, yeah, in the eastern. Maybe time zone. not even the maybe not even in the athletic department. Oh, maybe even higher than that. Gotcha. Maybe when there are Zoom calls that are scheduled for important matters regarding conference affiliation, and someone misses a call because the time sent was in Central instead of Eastern, maybe there may have been a voice of displeasure saying you might want to send that into what the actual time is because obviously everyone else. Can, well, they, good job getting that done. Now, can that same person also say to ESPN, look, after you go down to Best Buy and get that camera, come back and type in WVU or West Virginia? Oh, boy. That might be asking a bit much there, Hoppy. That might be asking a bit much. It took 10 years to get the time change here, Hoppy. We'll work on the other stuff. Okay. Every day, we're just going step by step. Small All victories. Right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and thank you again very much for participating in our contest that didn't have a winner. We're going to do it again, and we're going to make it easier this coming week. All you'll have to do is pick one of the 122 Mountaineers on the roster because it only is going to be who's the first Mountaineer to score in the second half, and that's going to really be time-stamped sensitive because someone will get it this coming week, Brad, so it'll have to be first in for 250. Three guys brought to us by Caesars Sportsbook. Place a point spread wager on the Mountaineers against Oklahoma State, and if they cover or win outright, you win double your wager. Download the Sportsbook app, Caesars Sportsbook. Comax Business Systems, great sponsor. They are your full-service Konica Minolta dealer. Go to Comax Business Systems, ComaxWV.com. By Burdett Camping Center, only warranty forever RV dealer in all of West Virginia. Visit them at burdettcamping.com. And by West Virginia Game Changers, supporting, encouraging young people throughout the state to build healthy, addiction-free lives. Visit the site, wvgamechanger.com. Looks like Hoppy's got to go to the bathroom again, Brad. He's already standing. He's getting ready for his run. <laughs> Show me that 4440 speed, Hoppy! Back again on Thursday with our preview of Okie State. <laughs> I lost my I lost my headphone. I can't hear a thing. See ya, we're out.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.